So good. Um, well, one more time, welcome to church today online and in the room. My name's Hayden. I'm senior pastor here at Walk, and on behalf of my wife, Nina, and our entire team, and it's just an honor that you would uh, conclude your month of July with us here at Walk, uh, worshiping the Lord and getting a little bit better. Amen? It's one thing we're passionate about here at Walk Church is, is just one step at a time. We're not sprinting to the finish line. We're just following Jesus one step at a time. Uh, it's a walk. Amen? So whatever your next step is, it may look different than the person in the row with you, uh, but we just encourage you to take it and glad that you took it here today. We're in a series that's titled The Parable Collection, and throughout these last couple summer months, we have been looking at different parables that King Jesus preached in his own life uh, throughout the Gospels. And so I want us to uh, turn our attention now to a parable that I was looking at this past week that just began stirring my faith. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was aware of it, but I hadn't spent much time on it, and it just started to bless me and challenge me. And I know we're up for a challenge here today. Come on. Maybe amen. <laughs> You're like, I think I'm going to amen that. I don't know. Amen just means I agree. I'm, I'm with it. Um, and so if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn me to Luke chapter 18. That's where we're going to land today. We're going to park there for a minute. And I believe the Lord has a word for each of us uh, today. Luke chapter 18. If you need a Bible, just put your hand in the air. If you want a hard copy or if you want to scroll on your phone, however you want to get there. Uh, if not, we got it for you on the screens here. And uh, we're going to look at the first eight verses of this chapter. And Luke chapter 18 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible that has so many cool moments and stories. We're going to give the next few weeks to looking at this chapter. So I want to already uh, shoot my shot. Come back next Sunday. Bring somebody uh, because we have uh, the next set of verses that we're going to hit in chapter 18. And these different parables are so fresh, and so we're in Luke chapter 18. Jesus has already done quite a bit up to this point in the gospel of Luke. In chapter 17, he had, he had healed 10 people that had leprosy. He had preached about the kingdom. He had talked about kind of what it's going to look like when the kingdom of God comes on heaven and earth, and I don't know if the disciples were getting a little bit fearful or Jesus is about to go to the cross in just a few chapters, but for whatever his reason is, he decides to give a parable here. Quick reminder, what is a parable? Let me define it really quick. Parable, it's a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. So Jesus, in his creativity, decides to illustrate a point by using geography, or he'll use a plant, or a seed, or a boat, or a person, or a father-son story to try to drive home spiritual and kingdom principles. He's doing that here in Luke 18. So if you're ready, say ready. Come on, if you're hungry, say, let's eat. Let's eat. Man doesn't live off bread alone. So, Father, I pray now as we read your word, uh, we just come to a pause. And now, Lord, we ask you to speak directly to us. All of the glory, all of the honor belongs to you. Would you communicate now? Please. Drop something into our minds and our hearts that's a word from the word. We don't need to hear another message from a person. We need to hear your voice through a person, through this book here today. So we're listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 18. Appreciate the water. Uh, we're in verses 1 through 8. Here we go. And he told them a parable uh, to the effect that they ought 
always to pray and not lose heart. Let me get an amen for that verse right there. <clears throat> he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. Will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the, the word of the Lord here today. I love this parable. Just these eight verses teach us so much right off the bat. Um, Jesus is, is really interrupting his, his program to, to, to teach this word. And what's neat about this parable that's different from the rest is oftentimes Jesus will just randomly hit you with a parable, but he won't tell you the reason behind it. In fact, the disciples would pull Jesus aside, right? And he'll say, hey, Jesus, what are you talking about? What was the purpose of the seeds and the, the bird and the, the, the soil? Or what are you trying to teach us with this mustard seed? Or what are you trying to get at with this Samaritan person that gets beat up? What's the purpose? Well, in verse 1 of Luke 18, Jesus gives us the purpose right up, up, up front, which is dope because we need some help. Amen? Yeah. Right? So look at verse 1 with me. In this, in this first verse, he says, he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Jesus introduces this parable. He goes, I'm going to give you this parable, and here's why you need it, because you need to remember to keep praying and to not give up. I think all of us need that reminder today. If that's, if that's all you got here at church today was one, he's worthy, he deserves it. And two, I got to keep going. I can't throw in the towel. He says, the, to the effect, amen, keep praying, don't lose heart. I love how the uh, NIV translation says it, right? He says, he says uh, they should always pray and not give up. Somebody say, don't give up. Don't give up. Come on, don't give up for some reason. I can't tell you all the reasons why. It's, it's his eternal reason. God woke you up today. He's allowing your heart to beat right now. It's not just because of you. It's him who's allowing it to happen. He's allowing us to breathe right now. He's allowing us to be a part of what he's doing right now. For some reason, that's the case. So friend, I just want to encourage you. God didn't give up on you. So don't give up on God. Don't... don't don't give up. The King James translation says, don't faint. It might be a little hot out here. It might be a little wearisome. Maybe you've been praying for something for a long time and you're starting to think, I think I'm going to stop praying about it. I just want to encourage you to pray again. D don't, don't give up. Come on, somebody. Hey, you know, if two people clap, we'll all clap with them. We'll encourage them in their clap. Amen. I just want to remind you here through this parable that the Lord is trying to get this, this message across. Uh, keep praying and don't give up. Let's look at the first um, verse here when it comes there. Uh, always pray. 
is this language that Jesus uses. I, I want to preach a message that I'm titling. If I could find a title for this message, I would title it with this, Persistent Prayer. Um, this parable to me is about persistent prayer. And why do I love that phrase, persistent prayer? Because uh, one thing we love to do here at Walk Church is, is lift it up. Amen. We've, we've seen God do too much to not be a praying church. That we're not just a church that prays. We're, we do church and we sprinkle some prayer on. No, no, we are, we are a praying church. Like prayer is part of who we are as a church family. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and make a quick plug real quick. For the month of August, we're going to do something that we do every August. It's called 21 Days of Prayer. And when we typically do prayer and fasting, we're going to do prayer and feasting, all right? Um, I, I do encourage you to have your own kind of fast that goes with it. Like, I'm going to fast a distraction. Maybe it's like, I'm going to fast from hitting snooze, or I'm going to fast from doing something that, that, that causes me to be distracted from my focus. But we're going to do 21 days of prayer and feasting. Why we're doing the feasting is because it's like everybody's starting to get back to a rhythm of school um, or just kind of getting back in town. And we're going to start charge groups up, which was our small groups with Bible studies and connections and fellowship. And we want you to get to know somebody. Amen. There, there's something you can't do life alone. And somebody came here to church today and uh, at the earlier service, he said, man, Pastor Hyden, I needed to be here. I said, but not only that, we needed you to be here. Right. We're better when you show up. We're, we're, we're in this thing together. Amen. Someone needed you here, too. And so we get to know each other. So it could be what I'm going to challenge you during August 17th through September 6th for those 21 days is that you would maybe go to coffee with somebody, open your home to somebody. Uh, maybe, maybe you get invited always, but you never go. Maybe you'd actually go and bring something and, and do something maybe that gets you a little uncomfortable for the purpose of you growing, for the purpose of you walking. Amen. 21 days of prayer. And so why would you pray and fast or feast for 21 days? Why? Because it's persistent. Let me define the word persistent for you. Persistent by definition is continuing firmly or obstinately in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Let me go ahead and say it. I'm going to say it loud. I'm going to say it almost annoyingly for a reason. All right. Today, we're not talking about prayer. We're talking about persistent prayer. Let me try again. We're not talking about prayer. We're talking about persistent prayer. Come on, let me hop over here. We're not talking about prayer. Though prayer is good, we're talking about persistent prayer. This is prayer that continues in spite of difficulty or opposition. Persistence is where the growth happens. Persistence is where you start to sense God doing something outward and inward. It's, it's persistent prayer. Some of us need to grow up in our prayer life. Like maybe today your prayer life is still the same as when you were like six. And how does that sound? It's like, Lord, uh, bless me, help me, encourage me, strengthen me, bless me. Bless my family, bless my friends, bless my favorite sports team, amen. It's like, that was it? One, that was all about you, all about your circle, and it was all about what God can do for you. 
Like, like if you ever ask like a little kid to pray, sometimes kids be praying powerful, but sometimes kids be praying like, Lord, just pray for my Pokemon. <laughs> then they'll look at you with one eye. Are you watching? Lord, I pray you would, you would like, you would help Uncle Timmy. You would bless mom. Lord, bless this pizza. Amen. That's some of us. And what I'm trying to tell you today, you got to get past that. It's persistent prayer. Not robot prayer. Come on, y'all know what robot prayer is? Like, yeah, sometimes you'll ask somebody to pray and they'll be like, they just have the rehearsed prayer already down. Like I asked someone to pray not too long ago and they hit me with a prayer. It was just like, all right, let's do this, y'all. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless the hands that prepared it, bless the food that made it, bless the people that made it, and bless the people that made it. In Jesus' name, amen. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to amen that. Like, I don't know what you just said. Like, that sounded like you had this, like, I hit play. It was like play and just... And it's like, what I thought was, hey, that's just what you, that you, you maybe, that's what you did. And you knew that, or maybe you heard that, but you're talking to God. God's not looking for robots. God's not looking for a play button. He wants to hear you. The real you, the authentic you, authentic prayer, per, persistent prayer, prayers that continue firmly. And I've just realized as a, as a, as a prayer myself, I'm a, I'm a prayer-er, y'all know what I'm saying? Person that prays, um, that you got to work on it. You can grow in your prayer life like anything, right? Like you got, you got you to work at it. Some, like sometimes I'll, our kids will be praying. I'll be like, yo, run that back. Do that again. <laughs> you can, that wasn't a real prayer. But what are we doing? We're learning. We're practicing. Hey, let's stop. Let's pause. Let's talk to God. Jesus tells us in this parable, I'm telling you this parable so that to the effect that, that you would always pray. And that you would not lose heart. Can I just say for this first point, if you're taking notes or if you want to get some screenshots, point number one, always praying is the call of the Christian. In case this sounds radical, in case this sounds like, geez, like Pastor H is like hating on my prayer life. I mean, maybe a little bit, but more than that, I want to like encourage you that this is who we are. Always praying is the calling on our lives. And when I, I think the thing that we ch- we're, ch- we're challenged by is we have too often this, this idea, this concept that prayer has to look a certain way or sound a certain way. So you're like always praying. That means I always have to be on my knees and always have to have my hands clasped and always have to talk in a spiritual language. No, I'm just talking about you and God all day, every day. In the car, on the way to work, I used to have great like prayer moments with God at the free throw line, talking to God, just me and you. And then I would talk to him on the bench. I talked to him before. I talked to him after. I talked to him on the drive home. And always praying is the calling on our lives. And praise God, He's always listening. Woo! Praise God that He actually invites us to this calling. Jesus says, I'm giving you this parable so that you'll do it. That 
that you won't just rely on somebody else. Hey, pray for me. Yo, fam, you pray for yourself might be more powerful. God wants you to. I'm going to make it super plain at the bottom shelf. You can grab it, right? Not only is always praying the call of the Christian, but can I just remind, this is just reminder, all right? This is just a reminder. Second point, reality statement. Prayer is what we do. Like, brothers and sisters, if you believe in Jesus, if you would call yourself a Christian here today, I just want to remind you, prayer is what we do. Like, like Chick-fil-A makes chicken. Shout out to them. Like, what you do or what your job is or whatever it is, like, like bankers deal with money. Realtors deal with houses. Prayer is what we do. I don't know if you forgot, but just want to just help you just tap back in. Friend, this is, this is what we do for the life of the Christian. I just want to remind you, prayer is the calling. It's the work. It's the access. It's, it's the safe place. I, I love reading the Proverbs, this book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 18. Every time I get to Proverbs 18, I read this verse. It, it reminds me. This is what we do. Right, here's what the verse says. It says, the name of the Lord. Come on, read it with me. Read it with me. Ready, set, go. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Right, the name of the Lord. Right, like, Mike, I, I like your name, Mike. But I don't pray in the name of Mike. It can't help me. Come on, right? Kaylani, you have a cool name too, but we don't pray in the name of Kaylani because at the end of the day, Kaylani's not omnipresent at all times with everything in her possession to help, right? But we pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, Yeshua, in his name. He says, if you pray in my name, he goes, I'm the strong tower. You can run to it and find safety. I want to encourage you, right? Prayer is what we do. I love this quote. Let me give you one more quote. I'm just trying to help drive home the point, and then we're going to look at the parable. One of my favorite quotes, I teach all the mission teams that work with our church. We have churches from all around the country that have uh, partnered with us over the years um, that will co- sometimes come to Vegas for a couple days or for a week, and they'll say, hey, we're here to serve. We're here to help walk church. And then we have an orientation. I always start with this quote. Welcome to the orientation. Here we go. It's this quote. John Wesley says it like this. Prayer is where the action is. I love this quote. You may have heard me say it before, but let me say it again. Prayer is where the action is. Why? Because people come sometimes and they're like, I got my shoes tied. I got my walk shirt on. I got wristbands and I'm ready to knock on a thousand doors. I'm ready to go. Let's go to the strip. Let's go do it. And I'm like, let's not. You might not be ready for all that. But can I tell you an hour of praying persistently, effectively, could actually do more for kingdom advancement than an hour of knocking on doors. An hour of praying for your family may actually do more than an hour of trying to convince them of something. I once heard Daniel Henderson say, it's good to talk to people about God, but it's better to talk to God about people. (laughs) Blew my mind right? We need both. Don't get me wrong. We need both. We need both. But start with prayer. Come on, pray first. Prayer is where the action is. 
Like sometimes I'll encourage some, some brothers that I walk with. Could be somebody that's having a relationship issue. Maybe it's within even their marriage. And something I usually start with this, you know. Say, hey, let me ask you this before we talk about it. Have you prayed for her? And then did you pray again? And is the thing that you're burdened by something that you're praying about? If it's not something that moves you to prayer, it's not burdening you enough. And if you just complain to other people that can't help you, you're missing the point. When God is saying, I actually can run to me. Prayer is where the action is. This, this idea, this quote, this led John Wesley, the revivalist, led thousands of people to uh, Christ. And he said, you know the secret sauce behind my ministry? I've been praying. We've just been lifting it up. You, know, you didn't see what was happening in the secret place. Prayer is actually where the action is. The devil runs from praying people. Come on, amen? And so I just want to remind you and encourage you, but look, but look, I'm talking about persistent prayer, amen? Come on, somebody say person. Don't spit on the person, but give me a, like a persistent prayer. Come on. Persistent prayer. It's what we're talking about here. Paul told the Thessalonians this in 1 Thessalonians 5. Memorize this verse. It, it won't be hard. You should memorize this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Here it goes. Pray without ceasing. He said, hey, Thessalonians, let me, he concludes the letter. He says, here's what I want to conclude it with. Man, just pray without ceasing. What does that mean? How do we pray without stopping? It just means you just have a, a running dialogue going with him. Like some of y'all social media people, like y'all might, y'all have a streak going on your Snapchat with a, get a streak with God. Amen. Like God, I'm back. I'm asking you again to do it again. I know it hasn't happened yet, but I'm, but maybe today I'm believing for something that's bigger than me. I'm praying for something that's out of my control. God, I'm back and I'm praying and God, you taught me this today. I'm walking with you here today. God, that was weird. God, help me. Lord, help me. I'm, I'm a little bit upset. I'm a little bit hot. Lord, I need your help. An ongoing walk and talk with God. That will boost your faith. That will increase your intimacy with the Lord. It's not just religion. It's relationship. It's not duty. It's delight. Come on, right? The difference between a Christian and, and a non-Christian is not just doing religious things. It's, is my heart changed? Do I have a relate? I actually know God now. It's not just knowing about God. Oh, I actually know him. I talk to him every day. I'll talk to him for you. But you could talk to him too. Come on, this is what we see here in this parable. Let's look at the parable. If you're ready, say ready. All right, look, verses two and three, Jesus goes into the story. So Jesus, he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. So we get the context here about the judge. Let me just highlight that. I just want you to be able to understand what Jesus is doing because Jesus gives details for a reason, right? So he's trying to paint a picture. This judge in this city has no reverence or fear of God. Not only that, but has no respect for people. So this is the type of judge who, if somebody in the courtroom says, well, think about the Lord. He goes, I don't care about the Lord. 
And he says, well, what about me? And he goes, I don't care about you either. This is in This is a very poor version of a judge that we see here uh, on the text. And maybe that bothers you. Jesus is trying to paint a picture. Well, at the same time, this judge is here in this city. There's a widow in that city who keeps coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. So here we we see a widow, um, an individual who has pain in her life. Um, burden, struggle. Maybe you can relate to the widow's testimony. In fact, this past charge group semester, we had a widow's charge group. It's the group I heard about the most. God was doing some, some great work in that group of those individuals encouraging each other. Here's this widow who has an issue with an adversary, continues to show up, and the judge is not giving a care at all. Next verse. Let's look at verse four. Verse four teaches us, for a while... He refused. He's not listening. But afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so that she, won't, she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Can you, can you visualize it? Like, here, here's how I visualize it. Like, here's the honorable judge. Here's the widow The widow presents her case and says, I need your help. I don't have the resources I need. I'm a widow. I'm broken. I have an adversary. Will you please help me judge in the name of the Lord? He says, I don't fear God. That's not going to help you. And I'm not going to help you. Please remove her out of the courtroom. And there she is. But the next day, who is it? I'm back, judge. Uh, I know you sent me away, but I still have my issue, and I need you to help me resolve it. He says, ma'am, I'm not going to help you. Door shut. Come on. Who is it? Yo, I, I know this day three, but I'm back, and... I'm not going anywhere, and I need you to help me with my need and this adversary, this warfare, this struggle, this burden. I am here. Ma'am, do not come back here. I'm not helping you, door shuts. Maybe I just should go home and take my ball with me. Nope. All right, what do you want, lady? I need your help. He says, because this widow keeps bothering me, can I just tell you today, God wants you to bother him? Why would he use this parable to try to describe for you, keep praying? Because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so she won't beat me down with her continual coming. Now, what is God doing? God is trying to compare and contrast the individuals. He's saying, here's the crazy thing. I'm not like him. I'm way better than him. He's saying, this judge, he says, if this happens with this judge, imagine if it's me. He's trying to contrast the radical difference if that happens here through persistent 
requesting and praying and asking. He goes, well, then the Lord said, hear, hear this. Hear what the unrighteous judge. Will not God give justice to his elect? Right? This, this were his chosen people. The people that call him father, the, the people that he's called sons and daughters, will he not hear their cry to him day and night? Just want to he- encourage you here today. If you've been crying out to the Lord, maybe nobody else knows, but God knows. If you've been crying out daily, been crying out nightly, this is your verse, family. God hears you. And God is a God of justice. Come on, like, he wants you to know, will, will not God give justice to his people, to his elect? And I just want to encourage you, even if you have an injustice in your life, take it to God and keep taking it to God. Trust that he's big enough. Trust that he's strong enough. Trust that he's sovereign enough to know how to handle you, how to take care of you, how to provide for you. Don't take it in your own strength. He says, don't give up. Keep praying. D- don't stop. I read this quote from um, a, a pastor named E.M. Bounds. I remember reading this little book. We're going to have his books for sale over the next couple of weeks. But this little small book called The Power of Prayer, um, and just this idea of persistent prayer, E.M. Bounds says, our praying needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires, a persistency which will not be denied, and a courage that never fails. I just want to encourage you today, get your prayer life up. Come on, right? God can do more through your praying than he can through your complaining to others. Right? Uh, Charles Spurgeon has a great quote on that. Spurgeon says it like this. We'll put it up here on the screen. Uh, you know, Spurgeon's always good for um, a challenge. I don't know if we have the quote. But he talks about how just continuing to, to press into God just accomplishes more than our murmuring, than our complaining. Like, take it to him, amen? This is the the invitation of the the text here. God responds to persistent prayer. As we get ready to close, I want us to look at the last verse. Verse number eight. Let's look at verse eight. This is how the parable finishes. Parable finishes. Jesus says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. In 2 Peter, it says, God's not slow, as some count slowness. Now look, his timing, it may not be your timing, but one thing that God is not is slow. He's right on time. In fact, in the period of waiting, he's actually doing something in you, right? Like Isaiah 40 talks about how it's while we wait on the Lord, he renews our strength. Right? A delay doesn't mean a deny. God's doing something. Right? They who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount up on wings like eagles. Run and not grow weary. Walk and not faint. Let me, let me look at this verse one more time. Verse 8. And then we'll conclude. I just want to conclude with just some ideas, some challenge. Will he do it? Yes, because he is God and he's good. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? In some ways, Jesus is measuring your prayer life by your faith. He's saying, one of the ways where I can see if you really got faith is let me check on your prayer life. What if God chose to only give you what you've been praying for for the last week? What if he said he would? would you, did you pray enough? 
Did you ask for enough? Do you think, man, I should have prayed more? <laughs> Let me ask you another question. What if the Son of Man comes, when the Son of Man comes, will he? Let me ask you this. We'll put it up here on the screen. This is, this is a take-home question. All right? If Jesus were to come back today, if he were to de- descend here today, what kind of, would he, of faith would he find in your life? What kind of faith would he find in your house? And I don't ask you this question to make you feel bad or to make you feel good. I just ask you to think about it. It's a, it's a question to reflect. Jesus says, when I come back to earth, will I even find faith? Will there be anybody that still believes? Will there be anybody that trusts me and, and was able to hang on through this persistence? Will he find lazy faith? Will he find risky faith? Will he find faith that's willing to go the distance? Will he find faith that believes even when you don't see it? Come on, the definition of faith is I believe it even though I don't see it. It's been the story of Walk Church. Like I was talking to a brother last night who said, hey, Hyden, you used to tell me about this church, and now I see it. When we, we go over to our land over here on Spencer Street, we prayed for that land, and, and, and now it's, it's our land. But, but the thing that's coming on that land, we, don't, we can't see it yet, but we, but we believe it. Amen? Every day at 3.20, we have alarms set on our phone because of Ephesians 3.20 that just says God is able. And every day at 3.20, we ask God to do stuff that only he can do. We believe it. Hebrews says it's impossible to please God without faith. So, friend, I want to encourage you to believe. Ask the Lord, Lord, increase my faith. You know one way to increase your faith? Pray more. And when you feel like, all right, I think, I'm, I, think I just did like a powerful 45 seconds. That was strong. I want to encourage you to stay a little longer. And even in the silence, even in the like, even in the Lord, I don't know if I got anything left. Do I got anything left? Listen, what if God brings your cousin to mind? What if God brings me to mind? What if God brings an idea to mind? Never thought about that. Let me pray about that. Who should I do it with, Lord? Should I go now? You start praying, God starts depositing. I had this burden. I'm just going to share a burden from my heart, and then I promise you I'm closing. I got to close. It's one of my pet peeves. Can I just have a quick vent session, just a little privilege of vent? One of my, one of my, one of my vents is whenever I see families out to dinner and everybody's on their phone. And not only that, but some cats will be having their headphones in. I was like, yo, What? And I'm just like, I have to just, it's not my place. Let me just focus on me. But I wonder, yeah, Lord, I lift this family up. Interrupt, I, shut the Wi-Fi down. <laughs> but the Lord convicted me. I wonder if some of us, I wonder if some of us are like that toward him. Because my thing is this, I wish they would talk to each other. I wish they would have meaningful conversation. I wish they would ask each other things. I wish they would listen to each other. And I wonder if God would say to us, you go throughout your whole day with your headphones on, you talk to everybody else, you scroll, you, you, you turn on the news, you, you hang out with people. I've been wanting to talk to you all day. 
and you only gave me 45 seconds. A drive-by prayer that was all selfish. Finally, Lord, let me, Lord, can you just bless me, help me, strengthen me, encourage me, and, uh, and do that for my family too? All right, back. And what if God's saying, hey, talk to me persistently. Hang out with me. Come on, parents, do, do any of you just want your kids to just talk to you a little bit more? Come on, give me a little more. What's going on in your life? A little bit more. God wants that from us. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for this word. Uh, God, help us to grow in our persistence. Lord, thank you that you love us regardless. Thank you that you're for us and not against us. And Jesus, thank you that you love each individual here in this room. That our salvation is not based upon our prayer life. It's based upon your blood. So we say thank you today for the cross. Thank you for the blood. If anybody today needs to get right with you and get saved, just know you can. Jesus died for all your sins. He rose from the grave. And just right now, calling upon his name, you can have access to eternity. Just, just tell him, just say, Lord, I repent of my sins. I turn away from that. I believe in you with faith. Cleanse me, forgive me, heal me. And put your spirit in me who will persist with me through all my days. I need your help, Jesus. I'm asking, I'm knocking, I'm seeking. And Lord, I pray for everybody in this room also today that God, you would help grow us in our prayer lives. Lord, I pray our prayer lives would, would be full of fruit. It, would, it, would, it wouldn't be boring, it'd be fun. We, we, we would go and we would grow in prayer. So Lord, we pray, help us. And we thank you that you're the helper and that you hear all these things and that you're for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.